The following audio is from Cross Life Church in Tampa, Florida. We are a church that exists to help people find Christ, their place in the body, and their mission to the world. Our calling is to raise leaders and plant churches. So if you live in the Hudson area or near Wesley Chapel, you can also check us out at one of our other locations. For more information, visit us at crosslife.net. You know, thinking about uh, where we are uh, in the book of James and the idea that, you know, how essential it is, the Word of God is for our life, I I was thinking that, you know, we are, collectively, we are the body of Christ, but there is this one-on-one component about our life uh, where it's all up to you to make the decisions the sacrifices, the choices that you need to make in your relationship for following Jesus. The, you know, the Holy Spirit is there as an encourager to us. He nudges us as a body of Christ. We're here to uh, just really hopefully encourage and model and instruct, but really taking the first step, taking first steps it's, it's up to you. I, God can't make you. He, he keeps pressing on you so that you make, take those steps. I surely can't make you do it. But it is. It's, it's on us. For me, it's on me. I need to do the things that I know I need to do. That's all on me. When you stand before Jesus one day, you're not going to blame me. I'm going to take the weight of what I did or didn't do in a very severe way, really. You know, if you are here and, and you have a call on your life to teach, the Bible says that you, there will be a different responsibility, a weight of judgment on your life. So I get that and uh, I understand that. But when you will, just like me, you will stand before Jesus and He'll say, Dun, da, dun, da, dun. And you know what? You're just, you're not going to be able to get up. You're not going to be able to get away with the thing. And that's not to, that's not to bring a condemnation on you, but it's to bring a realization of the realness of what God has promised for us and made possible for us to be able to walk in for the purposes that He has for us. So, you know, last week, uh, John, he was speaking out of chapter 1, verses 22 through 27 about, you know, that, that we need to be doers of the Word. We need to be people that practice out our faith. And we're going to get into that next week, that faith without works is dead. It's like just no life in your faith if you're not living it out. So, this morning, kind of want to continue the thought of that which is found in James chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. And this morning, uh, we want to talk about what James is talking about. One of the ways that we live out this Christian faith is by open-hearted reception of humanity. Father, we thank You for Your goodness faithfulness. Ask You that You would just speak to us today. Father, I'm asking bread from heaven. I'm asking that for each and every one of us that you would just speak into our lives, speak into our hearts in whatever way is necessary for us to begin to 
move in directions and take steps that you want us to take that will honor you, that will uh, benefit us in the ways that through purging, through correction, through encouragement, whatever they are, uh, we want to hear your word in our hearts and our lives today in Jesus' name. You know, the idea of, and we're going to talk about the definition of it, but the idea of showing partiality or uh, favoritism, uh, discriminating, is it's a contradiction of Christian living. It is really contrary, more specifically, to the character, the nature of God. Now, James starts out in chapter 2, verse 1. He said, My brothers, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, glory with respect of persons. Another translation says it this way, My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Now, there's two things that I see here. The first one is that he's being very specific as followers of Jesus Christ. As followers of Jesus Christ, practicing out your faith in Jesus, you should not have partiality. Actually, the language of the Greek text says it this way, stop doing this. And we're going to kind of just unpack that a little bit. So, you know, the first thought is, well, what is partiality? You can lead, read through translations. A lot of different translations use many different words, but partiality is to be biased in the English. It's to be biased or prejudiced. It's to show favoritism in an attitude or behavior which is unfair. It's unfair. But the Greek kind of drives it in, to, for me, drives it in to give it just a little bit more clarity. Because the Greek word means an acceptor of a face. Now, have, how many of you ever heard the term face value? So in currency, a dollar is a dollar. But there's a, there's a way that they use that term face value to accept that something or someone is, as it seems, based only on initial or outward appearance without further verifying or investigating. And that's really a good definition here for the word that James is using here. Because the idea just to, just to take something at face value at a quick look, to make a judgment just by what your eyes see in a moment... This is what James is talking about. So the Greek text would literally say, stop receiving the face. In other words, don't judge people but by what your eyes first see. And I think that that's the important distinction here. James is not saying that we shouldn't have wisdom and we shouldn't be discerning and we shouldn't have any judgment in our life about people. That's not what he's saying. What he's more specifically saying is just by a quick view of what you see, you should not judge people on that. So he says, another, I think this is the, 
I think this is the Amplified version of this. It says, My friends, as believers in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, you must never treat people differently. You must never treat people in different ways according to their outward appearances. And then he gives us an example in verses 2 through 4 about the rich and the poor. And if you have your Bibles and you're in James chapter 2, verse 2, it says, Just suppose that a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring, fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and you say to him, here's a good seat for you, but you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit over here by my feet, have you not discriminated among yourselves and you have become judges with evil thoughts? So if you do this, if you judge people just a book by its cover that way, you've made the decision by a first glance to determine who has... There's probably a lot of ways to say this, but I'll just say it this way. Who has worth and who has less worth? And here James is saying that that's really kind of an evil thought. In other words, that's not a God thought. Because that's not the way God does what God does. God sees past that. God sees what is in a man. And we all know the Scriptures that God doesn't judge on outward appearances. And if God doesn't, well, then neither should we. God measures people by what is in their heart, and He sees past that cover. You know, I got to thinking about that a little bit because, you know, have you ever heard the term, don't judge a book by its cover? You know, anytime I'm, uh, anybody recommends a book for me to read, typically I do like uh, most. Uh, I'm on Amazon, and I do the look inside yeah, I want to know a little bit more information before I invest in it. And then I make the decision. Verse 5, he goes on to say here, he kind of presses a little bit further about this way that we can judge people wrongly because he says, listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised to those that love him. So when you do this, when you judge people quickly by what you see, he says, you have dishonored the poor. And then he says, you know, it, it, the rich, in, in, in certain ways, the rich are the ones that they're just not doing it right. Aren't they the ones that oppress you? Aren't they the ones that take advantage and, and yet, by a quick view, you determine that you would put value in someone based on specifically what you see. Really, what we need to do, we need to take a second look to see people. See the good that we think might not really be good. And the, what we think is not so good might not really be bad. So, the rich and the poor that he gives, they're just simply an example. Like last week, I think, I don't know if John brought it out or not, but when he talked about, you know, how we need to uh, practice out our faith with the widows and the orphans, that's just an example of compassionate, of compassion and mercy for people, for, for the underprivileged. 
It, it doesn't say, here's the two things that you should do. And I think that our text here, James is using this just as an example of how we can do this, a simple, easy example about how we can do this, how we can judge people wrongly. But there's, I think there's so many, so many more others. And then James goes on to say a little bit more. He's really kind of driving at, at concerning our faith being practiced out in their new environment. So we know that these people would have, would, they, were, they were not in Jerusalem anymore. They were in other places, in other countries. They were around people that didn't look like them, didn't believe like them. Uh, they acted very differently than they did. In their current circumstances, everything was very different than what they were used to. And he was basically saying, look, if you discriminate, if you judge a person and make a decision quickly by what you see and respond to that on the outward appearance, simply the look, the attitude, and the behavior, that is really the wrong way to go about living out this Christian life. You know, I, Denise and I were chatting the other day because uh, I started uh, evaluating how do I do this. I do do this, by the way. And if you guys are going to get a little sample of what God was saying to me, but I, he's been saying it to me for a couple weeks, so I've been getting hammered on how I am quick to judge people by what I see. So there are certain people, as soon as, just from an outward view, I, I, gotta, I just got to... I got to go, Lord, I, I, you need, just really need to help me with that because I'm quick to judge people by outward appearances. And when Denise and I were talking about it, we thought, I thought about, I see, I don't really know. I don't, I don't really want to go into that. Uh, 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 just because if somebody listened to it on the online, they would totally misjudge me altogether. Uh, think about in your life, the types of people that you make snap decisions about just by how they appear. And, you know, a lot of that, there's a, there's a lot of, re- I th- maybe there's just a lot of reasons for that. But the reality is that for humanity is, humanity are image bearers of God. And you as a believer, even more so, in the respect that you're an image bearer, that you are, have been given the ministry of reconciliation toward humanity. James is saying, look, he, he moves into verse 8 saying, if you're a follower of Jesus, here's, here's, here, here's a principle that you should follow. Here's a simple law. It's a royal law of loving one another as you would love yourself. Here's, here's an approach that you can take with humanity. This could be a filter as you move um, towards your life. So I'm thinking that here are these, uh, uh, here, here's these people that are in different places than Jerusalem, and there was all kinds of evil. There was all kinds of wicked. There was all kinds of immorality. There were all kinds of people. You know, a lot of times where one of the things that just gets thrown up a lot is we, we deal a lot with ethnicities. We deal with 
people of gender differences, homosexuality, the whole thing, immediately what happens so often is whenever that comes up, there is this wall. And God is going, look, I, I was telling Denise, I said, you know, this whole thing about gay, lesbian, homosexuality, transgender, I know that they didn't have the ability to change sexes of people, but not change sexes, let me switch parts or whatever you want to say back then, if we think for a moment there wasn't those leanings, we're just crazy. Sodom and Gomorrah. That was uh, Abraham, right? Lot. Was that like 4,000 years ago? And we think this is a new issue. This, this is not a new issue. What we're dealing with and what, what we're going through is something that has been in humanity for thousands of years. And we just think it's a new issue. The only reason it's a new issue is because the enemy is trying to divide and the enemy is trying to get us to back away from expressing compassion and love toward those that are different than we are. And you know the sad reality? He's winning. So how, the, how, are the, how is the tide going to turn? So I, I'm thinking about all this, and I'm thinking about this in, in the relationship with James. So they are going, and they're in all these other cities where there are, there's all of that is there. And James starts out by saying, look, life gets tricky. I know it gets hard, but God will walk you through it. The thing that you need to be concerned about is that you're really being doing what God is wanting you to do. And then he goes in to say, now here's some, way, here's some things that we need to do. <laughs> and the first one right off the bat like this, he's going, look, don't judge a book by its cover. Now I can tell you my cover when I was 20, just think with me for a minute, my cover was long hair, ponytail, bloodshot eyes because I was stoned most of the time. Kind of, I didn't care, almost rough exterior, almost hateful. But the here inside of me, I just wanted people to love me and I wanted the people to love me back. And you're going, well, you, you, you could go, well, you got it all wrong. That is not going to work. Well, why was my exterior the way that it was? Because I was betrayed. There, I, was, I was lied to. I, was, I, I, I formed distrust. So what I did is I put on this exterior to try to protect myself, not knowing that my exterior really repelled people. And so I got to thinking about that a little bit, and I thought, what was your cover? What was your cover before you found Christ? What did you wear? What did you look like? And, and then I got to thinking that, man, with the, the darkness and the wickedness, and the lies, and the deception of the enemy, with the distrust, with betrayal, with, um, with injury, and pain, and loss, people look, their cover looks very different than what's on the inside. And I got to think in, because I have 
had relationships of people that were so broken that they ran in particular directions because the enemy lied to them that this is where they could find really what they were looking for, and it was really not the answer for their life. For me, wanting what I wanted, wanting to find... uh, wanting to find a, a breakthrough uh, to escape where I was, I thought it was through, I was going to find it through my lifestyle. And I, and I realized after some years, even before I knew Jesus for some years, I struggled with the fact that I couldn't take enough drugs to escape the pain. I couldn't take enough drugs to escape the, the lack, uh, the emptiness in my life. All it would do is it would make me forget it for a period of time. And then I'd wake up the next morning and it would hit me in the face again. And we need to really understand the brokenness of our world. And we need to understand that the brokenness of our world transfers into people's lives and broken lives and pain-filled lives and lies of loss and lives of betrayal and pain. So when we meet people, no matter what their cover is, we really got to be careful not just to quickly judge them by their cover because God doesn't. Now, let me qualify something here. I've had relationships with people that were broken in pain and I had, believe it or not, I cared. I had a compassion for them that of their loss and their lostness. And I would spend time with them uh, to, to hear them and see. I, you know, I would, I would kind of read the front of the cover. I'd read the back of the cover. I'd open it up. I'd read the inside of the cover. Then I'd kind of begin to open up the pages and begin a relationship with these individuals to try to help them out of where they were, the pain of where they were. And some... They just don't want help. Well, at that point, then you've kind of, you know, you know what to do. You don't not love them, but you, you know, it's like spinning your wheels, so to speak. But I think one of the greatest problems that we have is because we get into this us and them mentality thing, and that just kills. So let's put this in the context of where James was writing to these believers that were scattered. They're in this culture and in this world that is very different. And there are people that are living all kinds of different ways. And he says, you know, if you really want to get something right, love others as you would want to be loved. In other words, just don't, just, I know that, could, could you, so I'm thinking out loud uh, that you, so some of the practices were that they would have temple prostitutes. So you would, to gain the favor of God, you'd pay a prostitute to gain the favor, right? You had all the stuff that we had today. And in Jerusalem, I'm sure it was in Jerusalem, but probably they were protected from it in a lot of ways. But now they're just out in the mix of it. It's everywhere around them. And I get to thinking about us in our culture where we work. I mean, you know, we come here and this is, 
a safe place, quote unquote. It's a, it's a place where we all in a general way are in the same playing field. But when you go out there, buddy, it's a different ball game everywhere you go. And what we need to understand and what James is trying to tell them that we can glean from, it doesn't really matter what you first see with your eyes. If you would be like Jesus and just spend a moment or two, spend a little bit of time opening the book up. Investing, inviting. Here's the, you know, that I don't want people to dismiss me simply because my ethnicity. I don't want them to draw conclusions solely based on my mistakes in my past. I surely don't want people to only be nice to me so that they think that they can get something out of the relationship. I really want people to look beyond the surface things. Jesus, when you think about how he modeled this out, he commended the contribution of the widow with the might uh, at the temple over the large sums that the wealthy put in because he saw something that she had in her. We are clear about the Samaritan woman that, you know, this woman, I mean, she is, she's a Samaritan, she's a woman, she's got a bad reputation, but Jesus didn't judge her by the cover. He actually began to have a conversation and open her up because he knew what was in her. Talked to her about living water. I wonder how much our relationships would change and how people could just be nudged. A little bit and a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more because we will follow this example that Jesus did. And then think about Zacchaeus, the tax collector, and even Matthew, who was a Jew, who was a tax collector. That's like having a candidate uh, being in bed with a mobster, right? Just two different, two different things altogether here. And, and thinking about Matthew became one of his disciples, and then there were the, the lepers. Here's the one that I like. You know, when Jesus, it talks about that Jesus was a friend of sinners. I think we miss this. We think, well, you know, yeah, there's sinners everywhere. Jesus was a friend of humanity, sinners. No, it, it's pretty specific. Jesus was a friend of sinners. He befriended those devoted to sin. Nah. Just read the pages of Scripture. He befriended those that were highly sinful. That's <laughs> not Jesus. Come on, Trace. That is no way Jesus did that. Oh, but He did. Mary Magdalene. The woman at the well. You know, we, we sometimes need to understand, you know, I, 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 said, I say this a lot, uh, you know, sin or sin, but I, I'm going to begin to rephrase that. Because broken people who don't have hope, 
live particular ways that the world around them influences them so that they feel like they could find some hope or safety or security. I don't know what I just said. You know, it, 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 the, the reality is that sin or sin. Now, people that don't know Jesus just do what they think is best. And the world around us is coaching them in ways that they say, here's the best way for you to do that. If you're confused about that, just take the plunge here. If you need this, then just you can find it there. So we need to know they don't have hope. They don't know where to go. And you say, Tracy, sure they do. There's such gospel access. Listen, there's been gospel access in the United States for a long time. And if I was 20 years old and never knew that Jesus was a Savior that died on the cross, that Noah was the flood, I didn't know that He created the heavens and the earth and six days rest on the seventh, there are millions that don't know those things. And so I think James is trying to say, look, you're in these new environments and you need to live this life out because you're supposed to be lights to the world around you. So here's, how, here's one of the ways that you can begin to live this life out so that you can influence the world around you. Just don't judge the book by its cover. Don't take a quick glance and write people off. Because Jesus, you, probably the majority of you in here would have maybe... Maybe I shouldn't say that. Some of you would have written me off, for sure. You would have just, you know, with me and my buddies, we're walking down the street. Moms and dads just went to the other side of the street and walked on by. You know, they should have in some ways. But as believers, they shouldn't have. So what we need to do is walk on the same side of the street. Don't, don't just let culture ruin the gospel in our life. See, if you show favoritism, verse 9, you sin. And you are convicted by the law as a lawbreaker. Now, here's something that I didn't think about until I walked through this. Um, when we wrongly judge somebody at a first glance we really need to realize that uh, it is wrong. But we don't, it's not a biggie. You know, I think it's Galatians, is it 5, 19 and 20 talks about the sins of the flesh or the fruit of the flesh or whatever it is, however it says, it, the, the terms that it says. I like it how it has murder, uh, adultery, lying, <laughs> greed, and then some biggies again. He just kind of lumps it all together. And so we think sometimes that because it's not a biggie, we're not really going to... It, it's, that's not a biggie. Sin is sin. All sin separates us from the blessing of God in our life. Big or small. And I don't think that James is really saying that some are... You know, he, I don't think he's really saying that all sins are the same in severity. I mean, I just think he's saying that sin separates us. So James then goes in, he goes, well, here's the action plan for you then. Here's a way you need to speak and act with an eternal awareness. 
Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful, and mercy triumphs over judgment. So James gives this simple prescription. You are to, be, you are to live looking beyond the immediate results of your actions. You're to live your lives... We are to live our lives aware that how we treat others reveals the nature of our faith and reflects on the nature and character of God. So if I'm a believer and I just write people off at first glance, it says something. And Jesus pretty much warns us of using a standard of judgment like that. We were somewhere in, uh, in a conversation with someone, I'm, I'm trying to remember what it was, and they kind of know my past, and uh, they said, well, you're probably a lot more hard on people that where you were that just keep playing with God and just don't turn their life over, and I said, no, actually, I'm more sympathetic toward people that, were where I, that lived where I lived. I show more mercy toward them. I show more grace toward them. And one of the reasons I do that is because I understand that I'll be judged how I judge. And so if I'm giving, extending myself and I'm giving mercy and I'm giving grace, uh, then I can look for that coming the same way. I think we got to quit ignoring God's grace in the situations of life where we live in our life and how it flows out of our life into other people. When you think about and you look through the pages of Scripture, yes, there were some that didn't believe. There were some that rejected Jesus. But there were those that when Jesus extended himself toward those that were broken, in pain, running full speed ahead in darkness, when he intersected their life, it shifted them. Because when he opened up his life, the love, the grace, the mercy, the compassion, the understanding, the light of the gospel of God just kind of flowed through his life. It's kind of the place where we need to be in our own life. God's Word teaches us that this standard is not optional for us because the cross makes a difference in everybody's life equally. So, for me, God's been telling me, Tracy, and you know what, I, I, I'm, I know this is going to happen because God's been talking to me. Those people that I tell you that are hard for me, uh, they're coming my way. I, I just, they're in line, I know it. They're just in line, they're coming my way. And here's the beauty about how many of you have been in a situation, you've judged a book by its cover, and then you got to know them a little bit better and found out it was very different and you begin to have compassion on them. And as you share the love of Christ, you begin to see that they begin to have answers. See, before I came to Christ, I didn't know. I mean, I, I just didn't know. I didn't know that He loved me. I didn't know that He would show me kindness. I didn't know that sin separated. I didn't know that I could be forgiven. But someone opened me up. Someone invested some time. Someone began to share truth, and my life was changed. Again, not everybody that you share with 
that's not going to happen because if they didn't believe Jesus, they won't believe you. If they rejected Jesus, surely they'll reject you. But if James is saying where you are, if your life's where you are, is how you need to live irrespective of what they do. I think that's the admonition for us. Irrespective of how people are around us and how people live around us, how people believe around us. We, we just want to say that community and that type of people are over there and we over here and we're against them. And I've said it so many times, you used to be them. So Father, this morning I just ask that you would help us just to continue to have grace. Continue to get Step out of the way of ourselves and let you walk through our life. Let you just come and come to the forefront of our lives and extend yourself to other people because that is the whole purpose. Greater is the one that is in us. And the opportunity that we have, if we would just take a little time um, to be Jesus to those around us, that we would help not judge them simply by what we see, what we see in a moment, but to begin to pray about and to begin to give some space toward them from our lives to be able to not be quick to turn away from, but we for us to be a pathway for them to find what we have found. So I, I pray that uh, you would just continue to just stir that in our hearts today. Let it be a tide that turns in our life today. I'm asking in Jesus' name. If you're here this morning and as I've been talking and you just know that there are those people, you, you already know the type of people that instantly, for whatever reason, it could, be for, it could be for very good reasons. It could be abusive people in your life, then you were abused. That, that I understand the naturalness of wanting to shy away from pain that had been inflicted in your life. But I'm asking that we would, whoever they are, that we would take those moments and that we would ask God for an ability a grace to be able to become Jesus in those moments so that he would have an opportunity to become God in their life. Amen? Have an amazing day.